religion show. Exciting. Someone's trying to fight Chris's dog in the background. <laughs> Chris is under attack from a rabid Jesus dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. We said religion was always going to be our 10th temp show and surprisingly we've done this for 10 weeks as well which is yeah i'm yeah. surprised we've lasted this long without either being taken off twitch for playing copyrighted music or chris saying something controversial yeah we'll get there don't worry. we'll get there yeah probably this week to be fair <laughs> if our past religion shows anything to go by we got all the normal sort of stuff coming up we got our lists we've got fan mail we have uh, the recommendations from last week, The Exorcist 3, and I can't remember. The, oh, uh, Grace by Jeff Buckley. Indeed. Indeed. It's a jam-packed week. Jam is round. It's all, all happening today on The Religion Show. Jam-packed and rammed directly into your ears. Hard. Exactly. Straight Fast. into your souls. Definitely thought you were going to save rammed somewhere else, but... Well, no, I, I wasn't going to go there. I love Jesus. Such a Yahweh. Day. Yahweh, did you just say? Yeah. It's his Jewish name, I think. <laughs> well, Yahweh! Has anyone seen that video? No. <laughs> you need to watch it. It's a guy getting arrested and he just starts screaming, Yahweh, you are my Lord and Saviour and stuff. <laughs> I keep yawning. Oh, my God. All right, Chris, you've got a list for us? Yeah. Unprofessional. We're on the radio. So because it's our religion show, my list this week is top 10 religious rituals around the world. Here we go. Get ready for the controversy. Number 10 is going to be like um, pagan blowjobs or something weird. Well, yeah, they're weird, but they're all real things that happen around the world, not <laughs> random things I've made up. <laughs> if you've got Scientology as one of them, please get um, rid of it because I don't need Scientologists coming for me. No, there's no Scientology on there because it's not a real religion. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Oh, no. Can't wait to get Louis Theroux now. <laughs> okay, so number 10 is in Japan over 9,000 men participate in an annual festival known as the Shinto Naked Festival also known as Hadaka Matsuri the highlight of the festival is a ritual in which heavy Shinto shrines are carried by dozens of men dressed only in loincloths through the streets of the town then one man is chosen to be the Shin Otaku also known as the naked man who has to shave all his body hair and run through the streets unclothed while being pursued by thousands of male festival goers trying to touch him for good luck and prosperity <laughs> It's just again, Japan is the weirdest country in the world. I'm convinced of it. That's number 10 as yeah. well. I think a I lot of these are actually get... Japanese rituals, to be honest. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Oh. I didn't even know Japan was like that heavily religious, to be fair. I guess it depends Christian, where you go. Isn't it? Yeah, true. It's quite a big country. Or is it? Who knows? <laughs> All right, so number nine is the Yon... Yanomami tribe when a person when a person dies they burn his body the ash and bone powder left behind is then mixed into a plantain soup and 
the people of the tribe drink the soup consisting of the ash and bone because they believe that ingesting the remains of a loved one will make his spirit live within them forever. That's what we did with my nan. <laughs> oh my god. We kicked her into a nice uh, chicken stew. That's foul. No, but yeah, that is quite fucked up. Are they like cannibalism tribe or I don't think so. Say? No. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't This f- religion's a bit weird, isn't yeah. it? That is the closest on the list we have to cannibalism, luckily. Yeah. I suppose well, at least yeah. it's like bone powder and not like actual flesh. No, it's true. Can't imagine it tastes very nice. No. I imagine it's really tough as well. It's like chew. Yeah. So number eight. For more than seven hundred years at the Grishneshwar Temple in Western India's Maharashtra state I definitely completely mispronounced that butchered that (laughs) pronunciation (laughs) so basically what happens there is parents ask clerics to drop their infants from a 50 foot tower they believe that the free fall will make their children more intelligent braver, luckier and healthier so they're dropped from the tower, caught with a sheet held by men below and then quickly passed into the arms of their waiting parents. Oh, my God. I wonder how many times that's gone wrong. And <laughs> yeah. like it's been launched past the sheet that's meant to catch them and just splattered on the yeah. floor. Or, like, bounced Probably off not sheet. enough for it to stop it. Yeah. Maybe they just think it's like weeding out the weak. If they don't survive, then it's natural selection. Yeah. True, it's like 300 with that like baby bone pit thing <laughs> that they have. I. Oh dear. So, number seven is the Romani Gypsies bride kidnapping ritual. It's a very oh, popular is... custom, apparently. <laughs> yeah, my nan was a Romani. Yeah, apparently, what happens is. The man can kidnap a girl of his choice whom he wants to marry. If he succeeds in keeping her hostage for three to five days, the man can get married (laughs) even if the girl doesn't agree. According to research, (laughs) according to research, 68 to 75 percent marriages take place with this ritual and is mostly practiced in the rural areas. Jesus. Well, maybe my granddad kidnapped my nan then. Who knows? <laughs> but has anyone seen um my big fat gypsy wedding? No. It was I like think a do- so before. yeah, it was a documentary series that Channel Four did, and I don't know if they were Romanies or not. But basically, like a, a like a wedding after party. I've forgotten what it's called. Wedding reception. That's it. Is it? Yeah. What's the after party? Yeah, wedding reception. Yeah, reception. Um, there's like a big party, and basically, like the young men just go around and just like grab women really forcefully and start dry humping them and that's their way of being like you're the one I want to marry and it was like as a 10 year old I just didn't understand it it was very like traumatic for me because it looked quite painful so I guess it's like quite a big thing in the gypsy uh, world I guess so men are sexually violent to women that's just the earth in general though to be fair I think that's quite a lot of religion yeah. yeah, Christianity is the worst for it. Yeah. And little children. <laughs> so, number oh. six. 
Number That's six. Proven. Yeah. Number six. In the Amazon, male teenagers must enter adulthood by plunging their hands into gloves filled with hundreds of venomous ants. They're called. I've seen this yeah, before. They're called bullet ants, and they're the largest ant on the planet, with apparently one of the most painful bites, which is said to be thirty times more painful than a wasp sting. They're woven into the ritual gloves, and yeah, they believe that experiencing this intense level of pain and suffering will make young men braver, tougher, and better warriors, and also it will protect them from disease. Apparently, the boys are expected to keep the gloves on for 10 minutes as well. And it, That's piss. I could do that. Apparently, the initial bites aren't even where the pain ends because the neurotoxins from the ants kick in afterwards. And the pain can last for hours or even days, which include gradually intensifying pain, paralysis, fever, hallucinations, shaking, convulsions, and loss of muscle control. Jesus. To be fair, I've seen a man take one bullet ant bite on YouTube and it fucked him up, but he was just on the floor, like, uncontrollably shaking, so I can't imagine what two glovefuls of bullet ants would do to you. No. Savage. Number five. They probably are tougher, though, because like, I can hunt and no. shit, so fair play to them. No, I step on Lego and cry, so I couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did step on a pin when I was younger. It went into my foot and I cried like I'd just, I don't know, had my foot amputated. (laughs) (laughs) So, number five. In Tibet, bodies of the deceased people are chopped off and then offered to vultures. It's called a sky burial. And, yeah, they believe that vultures are angel-like figures and that by having people's corpses eaten by and will take their souls to heaven ropey looking angels they look like fucking Watto yeah. from the Star Wars prequels <laughs> <laughs> when I was doing research for this list there were pictures of nearly every single one of these rituals and that was one of the least fun to look at <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to send that to her. <laughs> it was just it's absolutely not yeah. don't encourage it's that just like, oh, let's see. it was just skeletons with like vultures around them with a little bit of skin like hanging off foul fucking hell but it wasn't as that was on um was it human planet i think they showed that on or like they didn't show it but they showed them like wrapping them up in cloths before they took them out probably not for me but it's not i'd like to be in and taken to heaven by a vulture (laughs) well bear that in mind thank you i like the assume i'm gonna die before basically (laughs) never know I thought shorter people's lifespans was meant to be shorter there anyway. Well, that was unnecessary, <laughs> wasn't it? Brilliant. Um, yeah, number four, the picture was a lot worse. It's an Indonesian <laughs> tribe where they practice teeth chiseling. They chisel uh, women's what? teeth with crude instruments because they believe it makes them more beautiful. They believe Jesus. that women with no. chiselled, pointy, sharp teeth are more beautiful and they don't have any anaesthesia afterwards. After the procedure, they're given green bananas to dull the pain. What the fuck? Chiselled teeth? Yeah. So like every teeth is like a canine, essentially? Yeah, essentially. 
What the fuck? Isn't that what they do with veneers? Except that's more a bit more willingly, isn't it? Veneers. Oh yeah, veneers. You like they just leave like a little stub, don't they? And then put the fake ones on. They all look like that shot in the Rise of Skywalker with Rey, where she just randomly has sharp teeth for no reason. <laughs> oh, I, I think I've seen that in the trailer. Because everyone thought that was her, like turning to the dark side, wouldn't it? It would have made for a better film, to be fair. Still not seen it. I wouldn't recommend. I, mean, yeah, I thought you went to cinema to see it. That's this more no. of a personal discussion for another time. <laughs> so number three is a Muslim ritual called the Day of Ashura, the tenth day of Muharram, where Shiiti Muslims. It's literally spelt like shit with an e, and like a <laughs> like a dash in between the eye basically all around the world they hit themselves on the back with chains and sharp objects such as knives to mourn the death of the prophet muhammad's grandson imam hussein what religion's weird man yeah it's something else isn't it that's like the guy that like whips himself in the da vinci code (laughs) that is basically what the pictures look like to be fair yeah i remember i was in year nine and we went on a ski trip and the coach driver decided to put the Da Vinci Code on at about 10 at night on this coach really fucking loudly. And I looked up and Paul Bettany or whatever his name is was just whipping his bollocks. I was like, I'm sorry, Christ, I'm sorry. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I we were watching like Happy films, Gilmore. I don't I think they're really Yeah, you, you really like... Callum really likes um, Da Vinci Code. What's the other one? Uh, Angels and Volcano Demons. Angels and Demons and Inferno. Inferno, that's it. Angels and Demons and the Da Vinci Code were better than Inferno. Inferno was a bit hit and miss, but I mean, I don't mind them. Like, they're like, serviceable films. Like, because yeah. I, I like the books, I don't think I, I would like it. If read I the read the books. You, yeah. I, I mean, if I was going to recommend it to someone, I'd say read the books instead. Like, skip yeah. the film. Anyway, I also get Tom Hanks is in those as well. Yeah, he's Robert Langdon. I just think it'd be a cool profession to be. Like, he's literally. His entire professor is based on him looking at symbols. That sounds boring as fuck. <laughs> as rather be Indiana Jones. <laughs> no, I'd rather be Indiana Jones than Robert Langdon, but never mind. So, number two is a ritual practiced by the Shambri tribe of Papua New Guinea called Scarification, where they scar and cut people's skin to represent the scales of crocodiles. It's That's a, sick. It's an ancient initiation tradition for boys entering manhood, where, yeah, your skin basically looks like a crocodile scale. I'm well up for that. <laughs> Mate, you look hard as fuck. <laughs> you you might end up looking like that guy scale. from Suicide Squad, though. Yeah? Well, yeah, true. Nah, fuck that. I want it. Give me some crocodile scales. <laughs> And pointed teeth. Give me the pointed teeth as well. And you also oh want my, to be eaten by a vulture when you die. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I could get involved with some of these religions, I yeah. think. Just on an aside, speaking of Suicide Squad, we had a customer that used to come into work and he had all of Jared Leto's Joker tattoos. He had like damage <laughs> across his forehead and he dyed his hair green and stuff. And yeah, we just all laughed at him when he came in. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, he was always, like, drunk as well at, like, 9 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Anyway, so 
the last on my list, number one, is called Guran Gurudin Fukam, also known as Eagle Hanging. It's a famous ritual art form of Kerala where devotees are hung with metal hooks to their vehicle of Lord Vishnu. So there's like a huge Lord Vishnu statue where they take large, sharp metal hooks, attach it to them, and people are hung from them like eagles. And then they take the it around. The mental image. Then they take it around the city as well. The mental image I've got is just this big fuck-off statue and like 20 geezers just hanging from hooks. Swinging back and forth. That was basically the actual image I saw. It looked very, Jesus. very painful. Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe we'll tweet an image later on. <laughs> we should tweet images from all of these. They all sound pretty <laughs> interesting. I feel like we'd get our Twitter account banned. No. Nah. Maybe. I mean Katie we'll Hopkins had hers for like ten years and fuck all happened, so I thought she had hers removed in the end. Yeah, she did in the end, but it took about 10 years. Oh, there you go. We've got 10 more years to go. Exactly. Well, religion sounds... I've been enlightened, to be fair. Christianity and the like the main ones in the West seem pretty fucking tame compared to that. Yeah. But less interesting. Like, I'd be more interested in those ones. But yeah, carry on. Chris, I've got a question for you, mate. Do you like Joe Pesci's music? <laughs> <laughs> I've never really listened to it. Didn't he do a rap song yeah. once? Yeah, he did. I think I've heard it's that. It's great as well. <laughs> he um, he also so... covered Can't Touch This by MC <laughs> Hammer. I, does he do like spoken word? Like, No, no. Like, he actually raps. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's incredible. We'll remember that he does it as his, if um... we do a rap show one day. Oh, yeah, definitely. He does it as his character from Casino. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we get sponsored. We've had a few now. And um, Chris, you sorted this one out especially for us, didn't you? Yeah. You uh, arranged it with them. Yeah, so this one um, was another one we got emailed in. Um, I did listen through it and there was a few questionable words in there that I've had to um, bleep out. Um, But for the most part, it sounds alright now, I think. Um, So yeah. As long as they're paying. Yeah. Exactly. So this is this week's sponsor. Today's episode of Cold to the Touch is sponsored by the Westboro Baptist Church. We adhere to the teachings of the Bible, preach against all forms of sin. For example, fornication, adultery including divorce and remarriage, sodomy. Preach repentance and remission of sins in Christ's name, and insist that the sovereignty of God and the doctrines of grace be taught and expounded publicly to all men. We believe that God sent the coronavirus in fury and if we are lucky enough it will kill every single f- in the world. Fuck those f- and anyone who is a f- enabler. There is but one way to join Westboro Baptist Church, and that is to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as the one and only way for remission of sins and salvation. We look forward to seeing you at our next meeting, but for more information go to www.godhatesf***.com. <laughs> oh no! So, <laughs> Chris, why did you accept the sponsor from the Westboro Baptist Church? I wasn't sure. Oh I thought God. they were just like a wholesome church until we got their email, which is why I sent They better it. have paid us a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, no. 
Jesus Christ. Has anyone seen the documentary where Louis III goes to visit the Westboro Baptist Church? <laughs> did it a couple of times, didn't they? Just Yeah, they're so fucking stupid. Like, God hates dead soldiers and shit like that. They just yeah. go around parading signs. God does hate dead soldiers, Kai. <laughs> All right, Callum, isn't your whole family, like, <laughs> in the Navy? <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with the Westboro Baptist Church. Well, you sure sound like you do, my friend. Clarify that one. Yeah, they've got a lot of information on their website, so if you're interested, I'd say check it out. I bet their website is the most 90s-looking web page in it, the world. Surprisingly, I it's go very on it, but... update. <laughs> oh, really? I just don't want that on my watch list. I feel like the NRA will have something to say about it. I'm probably on some watch list. Not the NRA. Looking up weird rituals and going to the Westboro Baptist Church website. Yeah, true. That is the search history of a school shooter. (laughs) (laughs) Happy days. So, Chris, do you want to lead us into the next discussion? Yeah, so every week we do recommendations where we recommend a film and an album. Um, Because it's religion, I picked the album Grace by Jeff Buckley, which is one of my favourite albums of all time. So, yeah, what did you guys think of it? Oh, that that URL at the end of the thing was the real URL for Westbury Baptist Church. (laughs) That wasn't made up. That's their actual URL. Are you serious? That's genuinely. That's I'm dead serious. If you if you type that into thing, it takes you to the Westboro Baptist Church yeah. website. Nin- I'm not repeating it. Ninety percent of what that's- they said in their sponsor was I found was just on their website when I was looking at it. <laughs> Fucking hell! Oh, uh, yeah, Grace by Jeff Buckley. What did you think of it, Callum? Phenomenal. I, yeah, I really like it. I just I don't know why it's taken me this long. I think the issue is is that I've heard Hallelujah so many times by him that it's just put me off ever listening to any of his other songs. Yeah, because it just makes me think of Shrek. But <laughs> now I've sat down and listened to it like properly. I listened to one other song from it we had on our breakup show. Now I've listened to the whole thing. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, I really liked it as well. Uh, his voice is incredible. Yeah, he has probably like, my favourite like, singing voice out of anyone, I think. Yeah, for real. I didn't even know he was Tim Buckley's son either, which yeah. is weird. Both died yeah, incredibly I'd... young as well. Yeah. yeah. He drowned, didn't he? We had this discussion. Yeah, he like got sucked under a speedboat or something and drowned. So I've always heard it was he was celebrating his album and he jumped in like a late but that can't be true because he died like two hours uh, two years after the album came out no he was just swimming apparently and just vanished that's sad yeah madness but yeah this like literally from front to back I can't think of a single song that I didn't like on it yeah no me neither it's something I could go back to and listen loads of times yeah it sagged a little in the middle where I thought like things were getting like quite samey and then I forgot on the, the song name but it's like a proper it's just like a full on like rock song essentially in the middle of the album yeah there's quite a few like moments that are like incredibly grungy like sound very like yeah. Pearl Jam Nirvana sort of thing yeah definitely and yeah it just drew me right back in I was like oh okay here we go new yeah. direction for this album yeah I think it is musically kind of all over the place because you got 
very like rocky sort of stuff and then you've also got the slower folk inspired stuff it's clearly they took a lot of inspiration from loads of different musicians yeah i was reading up on like what he was like listening to just before he recorded the album and it's a complete like mishmash of artists and you can tell that like all his inspirations were like on that album pretty much yeah just from like all over the map yeah, there's so many incredible songs on the album, like obviously Hallelujah, the title track. Um, there was also Lover You Should Have Come Over, which is one of my favourite songs of all time. Yeah, that was my favourite track on the album. Yeah, that's that great. Mine is- I watched a live version of that as well, and his voice is just even better live somehow. Yeah, it's incredible. He's also yeah. a really good guitar player. He's quite underrated oh, yeah. in that respect. Yeah, for real. I didn't know he was just like... um a studio guitarist that like before he released this yeah it's insane like he just did like studio sessions his sort of person you think would be just a straight up vocalist considering how powerful and incredible yeah. his voice is yeah I, I, I like every I've listened to the album a couple of times and like I couldn't get over just how good his voice was yeah. like it's it's next level good yeah I've, and it's so unique as well I've never heard any voice quite like that yeah, both his vocal style and the music in general has been like a huge influence on both Coldplay and Radiohead. Apparently, Tom York oh, yeah. wrote Fake Plastic Tree straight after seeing Jeff Buckley live, and he wanted to have a song that had falsetto in it like he did a lot. That's pretty Makes cool. sense yeah. now. Like... And the first couple Coldplay albums, they admit that they basically just ripped off Jeff Buckley on nearly every song. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know how big the influence was, but thinking back on just as you said that, thinking back on a lot of like older Coldplay stuff, you can tell they have literally just ripped Jeff Buckley off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a fan. I have no critique on the album. No, it's like one of my top twenty favorite albums. I'd say I really love this thing. Took a couple listens to get into though, but I now return to it all the time. I don't know why it took me so long to actually listen to it. I don't know why I just didn't listen to it when I first heard about it. Yeah. It may be one of those things that you just think of that Hallelujah song. and. Yeah. Is it his Hallelujah cover that's actually in Shrek or is it a different one? Um, I thought it was just the original. It's his, isn't it? I don't know. What, the Leonard Cohen one? I think so. I can't even remember. That's fair. There. Yeah, j- just like that cover is so good because it takes the Leonard Cohen version and it keeps like what the original was like good at, but then adds Jeff Buckley's like unique spin to it and makes it his own. Yeah, which is like the best cover songs are always doing stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's probably my favorite cover song ever. I definitely prefer his version yeah. over the original, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I can see the argument for that, to be fair. Yeah, so what would everyone rate the album then? Five culture touches out of five. I'd probably say like four and a half, just because I did feel a couple of tracks in the middle sagged for me a little bit. But yeah, yeah. it's a great album. I'll go with Callum and also say five out of five. I think that's our best reviewed album on the show yet, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah it deservedly. Is. Yeah. Nice. Christy. Ross Matreda thought, oh, the Exorcist. Christy, who are you? <laughs> Paul's, 
I'm just going to go Portsmouth for the week. Portsmouth. Yeah, you're right, Gage. You're a fucking guy in your little mug. <laughs> yeah, you're true Portsmouth, aren't you? No, I wouldn't say that. I grew up in a very, like, privileged area. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, we also do a film recommendation, and, again, it was religion, so I picked The Exorcist Free, the sequel to my favourite film of all time. Um, I picked it because I knew that the other guys... Well, at least I was pretty sure everyone hadn't watched it. And I think it's a really underrated, overlooked movie. And it's one that I've been meaning to rewatch for a long, long time. So, yeah, what did you guys think of The Exorcist 3? I loved it. I don't know. You don't know? No, like, I genuinely don't know. Like, I am conflicted on it. Expand. I don't know how to. Like, you just get a feeling when you're watching something. Like, I enjoyed watching it. But, like, I don't know. I'm just not 100% sure if I... If I like... I don't know. I liked it. I don't know. It's, it's, it's to be fair, it's, it's, like, quite heavy going. There's a lot of really long dialogue scenes about, like, um, super, like, I don't know. It sounds pretentious, but, like, analytical stuff, like... The existence of God and that sort of thing, like full five minute scenes of just yeah, Brad Dorif ranting it's, as well. It's the sort of film that you can definitely tell is directed by a writer, yeah, because it's incredibly dialogue driven rather than a more visual film, yeah. Definitely, the, the last acting is strong in it as well, to be fair. Oh, mate, George C. Scott, the like the main what is he police officer detective yeah. yeah he's he's incredible i love it when he snaps and like yeah. he's the best angry actor i've ever seen i'm pretty sure yeah. and then you got brad Dorris. first time i watched yeah first time i watched the film i thought he was way too over the top but re-watching it i was like actually he's pretty good in this yeah yeah it's it it definitely walks a line between being silly and like like what it's meant to convey yeah but it's one of those performances that if someone was to say this is too ridiculous and over the top i like i completely yeah you understand it i um, think the only thing that sort of caught me off guard was the pacing of it like i think that's why i'm so conflicted about it it's a very slow burn yeah yeah and i don't know just sometimes i could be i don't know I don't know. It's, it's very slow until like the last fifteen minutes, where it just like loses its shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not it reminded me of the pacing the of like a minutes. paranormal activity movie, yeah. where just it's all just slow building, and all of a sudden you're like, "Whoa!" Yeah. And then you think back, and you're like, "Did we need all this?" And some of it was really dark as well. Oh yeah, it's so unbelievably dark. It yeah. felt like I was trying to watch The Nun again, where I'm just there, like even with the brightness, I'm full, just squinting at the screen. Oh, no, no, I didn't have a problem with that. I thought you meant like dark subject matter. Oh, no, just like some of the shots and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was... A lot of it seems to happen in like bright fluorescent hospital lighting. Yeah. Because um, the only dark scene I can think of is... Which is like one of the best scenes in the film, is that confessional booth scene. When... Like right, I think it's like the second scene maybe, and that demon is just like confessing all the horrible shit it's done, 
but you don't ever see yeah. it and the priest's face just drops that fucking creeped me out mm. yeah I guess the scenes with um, Brad Dorff and George C. Scott are quite dark yeah as well. true true Brad Dorff was so yeah, good in this film yeah I he's actually one of my favourite actors generally I think he's incredibly like underrated I think he can do fantastic performances but he's kind of just typecast into horror films because yeah. of this and like child's play and stuff I'd only ever seen him in Lord of the Rings the like Two Towers but yeah I really liked him in that he's creepy in that as well to be fair but yeah there's a scene in this film where he says it's just child's play and then it cuts to a shot yeah. of a ginger kid yeah <laughs> I've noticed that there's a lot of weird like references like that fucking yeah. In, do, do you know the dream sequence? <laughs> Callum's lost it. <laughs> so dumb. The, <laughs> really stupid. Did this come out after Charles played? That's not. Yeah, it was. Yeah, oh, this okay. was night, came night. a couple of years old. Yeah, that was an intentional reference. That they uh, yeah, the references in this are so weird because in that dream sequence, Patrick Ewing, who was. Uh, like basketball player for the New York Knicks shows up as an angel and then <laughs> directly after him fucking Fabio's there <laughs> it's like what is going on Sam- this is the weirdest scene yeah Samuel Jackson's also yeah. in that scene Samuel he plays Jackson with his voice I thought it was yeah, him so weird. but the voice didn't sound like him so I was like oh it's probably just someone that looks yeah, like him they had his voice dubbed over <laughs> what the there's fuck? also a there's also a reference to Spaceballs at one point, the Mel Brooks film. What? Where, um, where that priest is like in hospital in his bed, the guy comes in and then leaves and he says, May the Schwartz be with you. This is a reference to Spaceballs. What the fuck? I didn't think anything of it. I didn't it's hear so it. weird. What, the scene where they're talking about like how he had all his blood drained from his body? No, it's it's before he died where oh. he's like gets rushed into hospital oh okay and he's just like there reading a magazine and stuff what did everyone think of the like the exorcism at the end because I thought it was shit personally yeah I've never been a fan of it no that was... William Peter Blatty the writer and director didn't want to put that in yeah. the studio basically forced him to do it at the last second yeah wasn't that part yeah. of the reshoots because they had to reshoot loads of stuff apparently yeah they um, added um, George Miller from the original film mm. as well into it, which he didn't want to do either originally. Uh-oh. Supposedly because he, um, where he'd been uh, abusing alcohol for years, he couldn't remember lines anymore. Oh shit! And apparently, he, like arrived on set like completely hammered as well. I thought he did a pretty good job then, considering. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, that exorcism scene seemed to- like so tagged on to me. It was like the yeah. first film, there's so much made about how hard it is to get an exorcist and to get an exorcism approved. And then you have one scene with this exorcist guy tending to his injured bird. And then the next thing you know, he's rocking up at this mental asylum for an exorcism. It's like, how have they got this approved then? Yeah. I do, I enjoy it, but I don't think it works in the context of this film. No. Like in terms of like, like well done practical effects and stuff like that and imagery and stuff, I like it. But yeah, it doesn't fit in context of the film. No, isn't the original ending just George C. Scott going in and shooting Brad Dourif essentially? 
I think so, yeah. yeah. See, I, I yeah, think I would have preferred that. Yeah, that would have been more effective. Yeah, because it's an yeah, understated I've... film. Yeah, I was I was originally going to watch the director's cut version that came out on the Blu-ray, um, but I just didn't get time. I've heard very mixed things about it. Cause some people say like it very much improves the film, and then other people say, yeah, I can see why the studio interfered, because it's not as good. Uh, fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what to think. Yeah, but I've always written this off as just like a shit exorcism sequel. Or exorcist sequel, sorry, because yeah. the second one's so bad. Yeah, there's also two prequels, which are also quite bad. Christ, one of them direct that. Yeah, one of them was directed by Paul Schrader, and it's just really terrible. Paul Schrader has made some shit, which I've only just realised over yeah. the last few days. Yeah, I was originally going to recommend First Reformed, but I changed my mind to this instead. Yeah. I think I, we've all watched First Reformed, yeah, haven't we? I've seen it. Yeah. The Ethan Hawke one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen it. But yeah, I love this. No, like, I, I didn't expect to like it as yeah, much I as really I did, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was incredible. The freakiest thing is, as soon as we start talking about The Exorcist, I've got something like clawing at my window. Like every time you start speaking, someone's just scratching at it. I'm thinking, it's the Gemini killer. It's a drain you of all your blood. I think it's a pigeon. And chop your head off and put iron ingots in your eyes. It's an old woman who's climbed up your wall. <laughs> Some oh, of the- to be fair, that looks bad. I didn't like that part because it was clearly just a man in <laughs> makeup. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what would we rate the film before we get to the letterbox reviews? I should I start like a four at Cold to the Touches out of five, maybe? See, I'd give it a four Cold to the Touches out of five, but I think I liked it more than you did. So who knows? I don't know. <laughs> Mine would go up or down depending on the watch, but I didn't want to be too harsh on it because I know it's like a good film. I think it was just me being awkward. I think it's... it's to, I can understand why you wouldn't click with it because it is quite a... Like Chris said, you can tell it's written by a writer as opposed to a director. It's a lot of. Do you know why we've got this impression that I don't oh, don't like like slow films or? No, no, I'm not saying that. I can, but like, what I'm saying is, I can understand why some people wouldn't get it or like click with it because it's it's very dialogue heavy and a lot of it is just exposition. Yeah. Like, there's a full. Yeah, and ten I wasn't expecting scene. it. I think if I'd have been prepared for it, like I could have handled it, but. I don't know. I'm quite fussy with horror at the moment. Disgusting. No. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it four and a half culture touches out of five. Nice. All right. Are we moving on to the letterbox reviews? Yeah. So we also go onto the app Letterboxd and find the funniest or just most shit reviews that we can. Um. The first one is from Zelno, gave it half a star and put, if you want a film with people walking at snail's pace, high waistbands and genuine what the actual fuck moments, have I got good news for you? <laughs> there are a lot of high waistbands in this film, to be fair. Yeah. Callum, what the fuck are you doing? Are you like rearranging your bedroom at the moment? I'm trying to fix the window, but I've given up now because I put my knee through a stool. <laughs> cut myself jesus christ all i can hear is like someone fucking rearranging furniture i knelt on the stool to do it and i've put my knee through a thick bit of wood i'll send a photo in the chat and you can tweet it later on and <laughs> what, um, you properly cut your knee yeah like i've put my knee th- 
I went through this. St- I'll take a photo now and send it. <laughs> this is top quality radio content here happening live. <laughs> You're literally the mongiest guy I've ever I won't met. send a photo of my knee because it's gammy, but like, if you can see. There you go. I send it. It's just like. I don't know how I managed to do it. It's just as soon as we start talking about The Exorcist, I managed to injure myself. And snap a knee. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, you really fucked that still up, mate. I know. Trying to fix my window whilst I'm scratching at it. <laughs> Quality. Yeah. All right. Anyway, next one. This is from John Gross. Gave it one and a half stars and put Happy Easter. <laughs> what? No, is it saying Happy Easter? It's not even set at Easter, is it? No, but they watched it on tenth of April. So oh, I guess I guess it was yeah. Easter for them. Next is from Johnny Bahama twenty seven. Gave it two stars. <laughs> gave it two stars and put. I mean, you hired Patton. Why didn't he bazooka that motherfucker? Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah, um, I disagree, Johnny Bahamas. Sorry, mate. <laughs> Max the Bully gave it two and said it's a grumpy old men's prequel. Yeah, but it's a great grumpy old men's prequel. Then <laughs> you got Pachuco Cadaver gave it two stars, put starts so wheel, but then collapses when collapses when it tries to tie the narrative back to the first movie. <laughs> Well, he's an illiterate fuckhead, so... Yeah. (laughs) Matt Brown gave it two stars, but the devil doesn't frighten me, possession doesn't frighten me, George C. Scott kind of frightens me. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Hayden and an octopus emoji next to his name gave it two and a half stars and put, fuck it, grandma on the ceiling. I'm trying to think of... Is it Lionel Richie's song, Dance on the Ceiling? Maybe. But oh, there's that shot with the grandma on the ceiling. Yeah. Oh, what a feeling. We've got a grandma on the ceiling. That's been <laughs> a theme song for this film. Amateurville Video gave it two and a half stars. But this was such a great movie until the last 15 minutes when it goes off road and crashes into a disco rave of burning dumpsters. <laughs> that seems harsh to give it two and a half stars just for the last 15 minutes. Yeah, I know. Um, TJ gave it two stars, but first they talk, then they talk some more, then Fabio is a fucking <laughs> angel. And then after that, there's some great scenes of people talking. Following all that up, we get a change of pace with some long dialogue scenes. Then the nurse gets deta- decapitated, then it's back to talking. At this point, you might expect more action, but the movie boldly defies your expectations with more talking. <laughs> then a little bit of dialogue, some speeches talking talking more talking then there's a bunch of burning cobras as a portal to hell opens and a priest's face is half ripped off the end two stars not enough talking he he summed it up pretty well there is a lot of talking (laughs) we also didn't even talk about how good that jump scare is by the way yeah it's a great scene literally and the final one is not even like an actual review it's like a real fact which is incredibly terrifying to find out 
Yeah, they put, not very scary, but the true crime fiend in me was sure creeped out by the fact that Jeffrey Dahmer showed this movie to his victims. What? So Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer used to show the film to all his victims because it was his favourite film. That's fucked. I didn't know that. <laughs> no. Jesus, was that before or after he had sex with their decapitated heads? I'd assume it would be before because... You'd want them to be alive and watch yeah. the film. Although, like Brad Dorff says in the film, decapitated head can still see in here for 20 seconds. That is true. Maybe he just sped the film up. Yeah. <laughs> hundred times speed. <laughs> You're listening to Cold to the Touch at the end of our religion show. We've had some laughs. We've had some goofs. I got possessed. And now here we are. Now possessed. Yeah. By Pazuzu. Callum, Callum got attacked. Oh yeah, Callum got attacked by someone at his window. He broke his stool. Spooky yeah. stuff. <laughs> anyway, I, we've got fan mail. We have got fan mail. And this, this week, is a very special piece of fan mail. So, hello brothers and sisters. It is I, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I am the number one slid, and I'm so happy that my father God made all three of you. Thank you for blessing my flock with your hilarious witticisms. Long may it continue. Blessings upon you, my children. Blessings upon you. All the best, the J-Man. So there we go. Jesus Christ yeah. himself is a slid. Thank you, Jesus. Literally. Thank you, Jesus, Yahweh, the J-Man, whichever name you're going by today. We thank you and blessings upon you. I'm in shock. I'm glad Jesus is a slid. To be fair, I'm sure Muhammad is as well. Is it Muhammad Allah? Uh, well, no. There's only one true God, and that is the J Man. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. So, Kai, you've got to tell us your recommendations for next week, and they better be good because I'm only watching things with Finn Wolfhard in now. Okay, well, you're going to be disappointed then. <laughs> um, so, a big part of my life growing up, well, from the ages of like 16 to 19, was punk rock. So, my theme next week is punk rock. Um, the film that I'm choosing is Her Smell. Came out last year, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah, I really want to watch it as well. So now, yeah, I've got yeah, I wanted to watch it. It's on my watch list. It emotionally devastated me the first time I watched it, and I <laughs> cried like a baby for about half an hour. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my film choice. Um, the album choice, it's been a, it was a tough one to decide on, but I think I'm going to go with um, Minor Threat, the first two seven inches. Nice. I thought it was going to be like Good a Black albums. Flag album then or something. No, I was I was thinking of going like classic punk um, and going like The Clash or something, but I think we've all listened to them. So I went yeah. minor threat. Actually, can I change my can I change my suggestion? Yeah, it's your suggestion. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm saying Bad Brains. Okay. Yeah. Which album? Uh, the bad brains the yellow one yeah the yellow one <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's called just bad brains isn't it or is it called something dc um i'll check it up quick because i haven't listened to it and i've been meaning to listen to it for years yeah literally same so i think that'd be a good it's, one 
yeah, called Bad Brains. Okay, yeah, cool. So it's just called Bad Brains. It's a yeah. self-titled album. I've heard like a few of the sing. Well, I don't even know if they're singles, but I've heard a few of the hits off the album, and I really like them. Yeah. So yeah, I've been meaning to listen to the album for years. So this will be a first. The guy recommending doesn't even listen to the album. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited. Oh. I'm quite there drunk at this point. To be fair, I've downed like four or five beers in this podcast slash radio show. I'm having a good time. Sadly, yeah. it's got to come to an end, mate. Praising Jesus. Exactly. Was that a hell of a segue into the close then? This top yeah. quality production. Yeah, so as we say farewell to religion for today. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> the comedy of man starts <laughs> like this. His brain is way too, big, way too big for his mother's hips. Um, something, something. And nature, she devised this alternative. This alternative. Something, hipster. I have a beard. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs>